We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. Oklahoma's governor, Kevin Stitt, signs into law the Save Women's Sports Act, Senate Bill Number 2. And all of us should be calling him and thanking him for doing so. Thank him for defending the dignity of women. Thank him for defending the identity of women. Thank him for standing in the way of the progressive misogyny of the left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. I appreciate the loyalty of all of you who listen to The Rebellion on a routine basis, whether it be on radio every Monday through Friday morning at 7.30 on KOKL Radio out of Okmulgee, or whether you listen there and then listen to your favorite episodes again on podcast. And as I've said to you before, you can access The Rebellion on any of three different platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. And if you do listen to us via one of those platforms, especially Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating to bump up our algorithms and increase our listenership. I'm very grateful for that. And if you would like to support The Rebellion by being a subscribing member, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's Patreon dot com backslash d-r-e-v-e-r-e-t-t-p-i-p-e-r and i haven't done this in a long time so forgive me i'm going to do this one right now and that is i'm going to encourage you to consider buying one or two or three of my books my bestseller was not a daycare the devastating consequences of abandoning truth the sequel to that is grow up life isn't safe but it's good And then my first book was titled, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. I've described to you the content and the purpose, the point of each of those books in previous shows, so I'm not going to belabor that now, other than to say this, excuse me, other than to say this, uh, Not a Daycare is my challenge of the cancel culture, the Snowflake Rebellion, and Grow Up is a sequel to that, where it's a book of solutions rather than the ongoing bemoaning of the problem. It's 15 chapters of solutions telling us to basically grow up, act like adults, and recognize that life isn't supposed to be safe. Safety shouldn't be our highest good, our highest value. Freedom should be. Liberty should be. Which leads me to a segue to my first book that I wrote, which was titled, why I'm a liberal and other conservative ideas. And as I've shared with you before, the point of that book was essentially to make the argument that as a conservative, a classical conservative who believes in conserving things that matter, a conservationist, conserving, uh, yes, the environment, clean air and clean water, but also conserving ideas that have made a difference for the good over the course of human history ideas that have lent themselves to more liberty rather than less, ideas that have fueled the march for human freedom throughout the course of human history. And I'm arguing in that book why I'm a liberal and other conservative ideas, 
that I'm really more liberal than my left-of-center counterpart because classical liberalism is an ideology, a worldview, a philosophy that elevates liberty above bondage, above slavery. A liberal arts institution, as I've said many times on this show, was established to educate a free man, a free woman, a free culture, a free country, a free church. That was the point of a liberal education. It was an education in liberty and freedom. So those are my books, and I encourage you to go out and consider buying, like I said, one, two, or three of those, or maybe buy several copies of each and give them away as gifts. Um, So that's my promotion. I've tried not to do it on every show because I know you get weary of it, but you're going to have to bear with me when I do it periodically because I want to encourage you to not only support the rebellion by virtue of your listenership, but consider being a subscribing member on Patreon and also consider buying a couple of my books. And you can always do all of the above by going to my website. And my website is dreverpiper.com. It's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. Likewise, if you'd like to schedule me to speak at your church or other event, I would be happy to talk to you about that. And there's a page on that website that allows you to make that request. All right, let's take a break. And when I get back, I want to talk about Senate Bill 2 that Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma, just signed into law. I applaud him. I thank him for that. All of us should be picking up the phone or dropping him a note or posting stuff out there on Facebook or doing a podcast like I'm doing right now. All of us should be thanking him for the common sense, the spine, and the courage that he brought to the table by signing this bill because he got lambasted by the left. And I'm going to share with you one person who ran for political office here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, conservative city, conservative red corner of the reddest of red states in Oklahoma, We actually had a political candidate that could have been our state representative who has done the exact opposite. She's sending out stuff, sent out stuff, before Governor Stitt signed this bill, encouraging everybody to call him and tell him him not to. I'm going to share her note, and I'm going to tie that into the school board race that's taking place right now. In our little corner of the world, our neck of the woods here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and how one of the candidates for school board actually endorsed this woman who's out there railing against Governor Stitt for defending women, defending women's sports, and trying to keep men from stealing a woman's scholarship, a a woman's basketball court, soccer field, shower, and bathroom. We have a candidate in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, who thinks Governor Stitt is wrong in his defense of women And we have a school board member right now who's running for re-election that endorsed the woman who's standing against Governor Stitt. You need to understand this in the context of this particular point. Elections matter. Elections matter greatly. Let's take a break, and when I get back, we'll talk more about Senate Bill 2 and those that somehow are trying to argue that it's wrong for a governor to defend women, because defending women will actually hurt women in the long run. The world is upside down. Good is evil, evil is good. Black is white, white is black. Bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. The left has lost its mind. Ideas have consequences. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Okay, welcome back. 
Welcome back to The Rebellion. I think the best way to start out this second half of the show is for me to read the actual statute in question. Senate Bill 2 in the state of Oklahoma. I'm going to read the actual descriptive language from the real bill to you so that you can understand exactly what it says, so that you don't have to buy what the mainstream media or any other organization, whether they be left, right, or center, don't listen, don't listen to anything but what the bill actually says. For example, in Florida, they've uh, dubbed the parental rights in education bill as being the don't say gay bill. The word gay isn't even in the bill. They're lying to you. They're trying to make it something that it's not. Don't let that happen with this bill in Oklahoma. And if you're listening from outside the state and you're tempted to kind of tune out right now because it's, it's, it's Oklahoma news, it's not your local news, uh, don't do that because I've told you before, this is going on in your own backyard. I don't care if you live in Ohio or Indiana, Michigan, Kentucky, Kansas, Arkansas, Texas, you know, wherever you live, this is going on in your backyard too. What happens in Oklahoma doesn't stay in Oklahoma, okay? What happens in Florida doesn't stay in Florida. This issue is pervasive across the land. I guarantee you, your local school system is debating this. And if you don't have a law like this already in your state, you need one, because without it, women will not be treated equally. They will be put at a disadvantage. Their very rights, their very space, their very sport, their scholarship, their shower, their facilities, their bathrooms will be stolen from them by men who are pretending to be something that they are not. This is antithetical to women's rights. This is the obvious reversal of feminism because you can't be a feminist if, if the female isn't a fact. How can you be a feminist if you deny the feminine? I've asked that question repeatedly of my left-of-center uh, counterparts. Don't tell me that you're for women's rights if women aren't real. Don't tell me that you're defending Title IX if you're denying the very premise of what Title IX was written to do, and that is given, give women equal access to essentially everything that men were enjoying at the collegiate level and the high school level, for that matter. All right, so we need to take some time. I'm going to go back to the actual language of Senate Bill 2, the Save Women's Sports Act that Governor Stitt of Oklahoma just signed into law. All right, so here we go. This is what it actually says. I'm pulling this directly from the Oklahoma government website. This act shall be known and may be cited as the Save Women's Sports Act. And that's what it's called. Pretty simple, right? As used in this section, it says, school means a public school district or public charter school in this state or any institution within the state of Oklahoma system of higher education. Pretty, pretty clear, right? School means a public school, a public charter school. In this state or any institution within the state, of the Oklahoma State System of Higher Education. So a school is any public school, charter, or traditional, as well as any college or university in the state of Oklahoma that is funded by the state of Oklahoma. Pretty clear. School Athletic Association shall have the same meaning as provided for, as provided for in Section 27102 of Title 70 of the Oklahoma Statutes. So essentially what they're saying there is that School Athletic Association has already been defined in law in Oklahoma. It's codified into law. So go back and read it. It's in Section 27102 of Title 70. So they're 
arguing they don't need to redefine what a school athletic association is because they've already defined it in previous statute. Make sense? So they're telling you what a school means, and they're telling you what a school athletic association means, and now they're going to move on to intercollegiate association. What will that mean? What does that mean? Well, intercollegiate association shall mean a national association that sets eligibility requirements for participation in sports at the collegiate level, and that provides the coordination, supervision, and regulation of the intercollegiate competitions. Pretty, pretty clear, right? In other words, it's the NCAA or the NAIA or any other association that does what? Provides the coordination, supervision, and regulation of the competition, intercollegiate competitions. So if they've defined for you quite clearly a school, a school athletic association, and an intercollegiate association. The next thing they're going to define, athletic teams that are sponsored by a school or sponsored by a private school whose students or teams compete against a school shall be expressly designated as one of the following based on biological sex. So they're telling you right now, how do you designate, how do you define athletic teams? And they're saying this, they shall be expressly designated as one of the following based on biological sex. Number one, males, men or boys. Number two, females, women or girls. Or number three, co-ed or mixed. The fact that we have to define this stuff in law because we're losing our minds is just proof to what I've said a thousand times over of G.K. Chesterton's maxim. And that is, you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get more liberty. You get thousands and thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. We've got these thousands of little laws where we now have to codify in statute the definition of a male, and that it's synonymous with men or boys, and the definition of a female, and that it is synonymous with women or girls, and that if it's mixed between boys and girls, men and women, then it's co-ed. My land, the fact that that has to be written into law today, should be the wake-up call to all of us. Uh, we're not getting more liberty, folks. We're getting thousands and thousands of little laws that are rushing in to fill the vacuum. And that doesn't result in more human freedom. It results in less. Always. Always, always, always. Okay, the next thing this bill says. Uh, athletic teams designated for females, women, or girls shall not be open to students of the male sex. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much common sense up until about five seconds ago. But now I guess it isn't common sense any longer, so we have to write it into law. Athletic teams designated for females, women, or girls shall not be open to students of the male sex. Okay, the next point in the law. Any student who is deprived of an athletic opportunity or suffers any direct or indirect harm as the result of a violation of what we just said in the subsection above, shall have a cause of action for injunction, excuse me, for injunctive relief, damages and any other relief available permitted by law against the school. In other words, they can sue the school for violating their basic human rights. A girl can sue the school if the school allows a boy to run against her in track. A girl can sue the school if the school allows a male to shower in the girl's locker room. A girl can sue the school, essentially, if her Title IX rights have been deprived of her. Make sense? That's what they're saying. That's the law. 
I just read it to you. Now, who in the right mind would disagree with this? Who, who in the right mind, if they claim to be a feminist, would possibly challenge this with a straight face? Well, here you go. This was posted just before Governor Stitt signed this into law. A woman by the name of Emily Tyndall, and I'm mentioning her name because she's a public figure. She has run for the State House of Representatives here in Oklahoma for our district up here in Bartlesville. She was the Democrat candidate against the Republican in the last race. She lost, I believe the race was like 63% to 40-something percent. So she lost handily, but she's maintaining her political Facebook page out there because she just posted this, so it's obviously active. Now, she has a second Facebook page out there under a different name. Her, her political page, Facebook page, is Emily Tyndall. And her other page that she has out there, she describes herself or identifies herself or names herself Molly by Polly. Okay? Now, you have to wonder why she doesn't put Molly by Polly on her political page. And why does she dress differently and portray herself differently on her political page than she does on her personal page? Hmm. Going back to what I said earlier, when politicians try to pretend they're something to get your vote, when in reality they're not that at all, and all you have to do is go look at another Facebook page to see that, it ought to cause you to wonder, and at least scratch your head, and consider the integrity or lack thereof of that person, the consistency, the lack of integrity. Um, anyway, different story, different moment, I suppose. But here's what she says on her political page yesterday. She says, please call and email Governor Stitt and ask him to veto State Bill 2. And she provides the phone number, uh, instructions how to get a hold of the governor's office. And here's, the, here, here's what she says below that. She says, okay, veto State Bill 2 because you need to email Governor Stitt or call him and ask him to veto State Bill 2 because, number one, it sends the message that our state does not care about the health and well-being of our kids. Now, what did I just read that causes you to conclude that our state doesn't care about the health and well-being of our kids? All this bill does is designate men's and women's sports, boys and girls' sports, and basically says that men cannot intrude into girls' sports. And that if men do intrude into women's sports, if boys do intrude into girls' sports, if males violate the privacy, the dignity, and the opportunity of females, that the females that have been violated can sue the school for not doing anything about it, letting it happen. How does that send a message that our state does not care about the health and well-being of our kids? Hmm, not sure I get it. Do you? Here's another thing she says. Again, this is under the topic of, or the heading of, tell Governor Stitt to veto State Bill 2 because trans girls are girls. No, girls are girls. Trans girls, by definition, are boys who aren't girls, but yet are either confused and think they are something they're not, or perhaps even worse, they're being vindictive and malicious, and they're actually black-facing women by dressing up like women and appropriating unto themselves something that isn't theirs. They're violating girls. Trans girls are not girls, Miss Tyndall. 
Trans girls are males who are violating the privacy, the dignity, and the very identity of real girls. You can't be pro-woman if you deny that women are real. Ugh. Point number three that she mentions here. Tell Governor Stitt to veto State Bill 2 because it cruelly targets transgender girls, ostracizing them from their peers. How so? How so? First of all, they're not transgender girls. They're boys. They need counsel. They need help. They need to align their ideology, their ideas, their mind with their biology so that there's consistency and integrity between the two things. And any effort to do otherwise is only going to cause harm to them over the course of their lives. Harm to them psychologically, harm to them physically, and harm to them socially. And as a believer, as a Christian, I would argue harm to them spiritually. So no, no, this bill isn't going to harm these kids. Your ideology, your worldview is harming these kids. Your worldview is what's cruel and unjust. Your worldview is what's misogynistic and hurts females. Your worldview is what is a science-denying fact because you're actually pretending that boys are girls and you're arguing that Governor Stitt should not sign a bill that protects girls from delusional boys, dysphoric boys, boys that are confused, boys that are biologically different than girls and have no business being in a girl's locker room and shower. This is not fair to girls to subject them to your broken worldview, Miss Tyndall. She goes on and says this, and this one just takes the cake in my view. She says this, uh, tell Governor Stitt, <laughs> to ask him, ask Governor Stitt to veto State Bill 2 because it's a violation of Title IX. What the heck are you talking about? Do you not understand what Title IX actually does? Title IX is a law that was signed by the President of the United States back in the 1970s. If my memory is correct, it was 1972. Title IX is a very simple law, very simple bill. It was written, it was passed by the Congress of the United States, it was put on the President's desk and signed for this explicit purpose, to give women equal access to the facilities, to the scholarships, and to the opportunities uh, primarily in athletics, but in other extracurricular venues. Title IX was signed into law to give women equal rights in sports. Okay? Equal scholarships, equal court time, equal facility space. In other words, their locker rooms should not be inferior to what the men have. Why? You, you may say, well, how do you know all of this, Piper? Because I was a university president and I had to comply with Title IX over the course of my entire career. And I did so gladly because women deserved exactly the things that Title IX provided them. I did not do it begrudgingly. I did it because I respect the dignity and the identity and the individuality. I respect the rights of women. Now I ask Miss Tyndall and anybody else that's making this stupid claim that somehow State Bill 2 that Governor Stitt just signed into law is a violation of Title IX? How is it 
that defending a woman's right to her own sport, her own locker room, her own shower, and her own scholarship is a violation of Title IX. How in the world could you possibly turn everything upside down and pretend that letting men steal all of those things I just described is complicit with Title IX, but yet defending women against that theft is somehow a violation of it? If that isn't a bass-ackward argument, then nothing is. That is that is the epitome. That is the poster child of calling evil good and good evil, of reversing definitions. That is the poster child of Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel, because what Ms. Tyndall just said is little more than Babel. It's nonsense. It literally makes no sense. It's a contradiction. Well, she's not done. She says this, Ask Governor Stitt to veto State Bill 2 because kids should be allowed to play, to be kids and not to bear the weight of partisan politics. Then stop forcing your partisan sexual politics on the kids. Would you keep your, your, your sexual agenda, your sexual ideology, your sexual preferences and proclivities, would you keep it out of the kids' lives? Stop it, especially at the youngest ages. How in the world could you possibly be against the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act when it's little more than telling, telling schools you can't start indoctrinating kindergartners in your sexual politics? They don't care. They don't want to know. It's child abuse to do otherwise. Stop it. Stop it. And in this case, kids should be allowed to play. Yeah, girls should be allowed to play on girls' sports. I agree. They should be allowed to be kids and to participate with people at the same level. That's why we have female athletics. That's why we have two, div two different divisions of sports all across the athletic spectrum, whether it be elementary school, junior high, high school, collegiate level, and the Olympics. We have two different divisions, male and female, for a reason. And how hypocritical and duplicitous for you to say that they shouldn't bear the weight of partisan politics when you are being blatantly partisan in your appeal. And then finally, she says this, we risk irreparable harm to the mental health of the trans, two-spirit, and uh, GNC kids of this, if this becomes law. Yeah, irreparable harm, I agree with that. Your agenda has caused irreparable harm to thousands of kids who have had their hearts, minds, souls, and in some cases, even their bodies butchered by this social experimentation in uh, gender Gnosticism, claiming that somehow the knowledge that you have is superior to the biological facts that people see in their very mirrors. Yes, that is irreparable harm. And unfortunately, we have a school board member who endorsed Emily Tyndall to be our House representative. And that school board member is up for re-election. You should not vote for that person. You should vote for his competitor, John Bolding, on April 5th. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.